Hello, Lady Ada. What is this? Hi, everybody, and welcome to Show and Tell. It's me, Lady Ada, with me, Mr. Lady Ada. We're here at the Ada Fruit Factory in downtown Manhattan. We do all our testing, manufacturing, shipping, kitting, videoing, coding, and more. Um, but for the next 30 minutes-ish or so, we're going to check in with people around the community. What are you making? What are you crafting, hacking, 3D printing, etc.? We'd like to see it. We're going to kick it off with some folks from the Adafruit community, but you are welcome to join. We're going to be here till about 7.50 p.m. First up, Jepler. Kevin from DDT is running a little late, so we're going to start oh. with Jeff. If Kevin comes in, we'll get to it, but okay. um, Jeff, take it away. Surprise. Uh, so I'm talking floppies yet again. Uh, a little background, your common uh, DOS floppy uh, has data written on both sides, but the drive can read it just uh, because it's got two read-write heads. But a lot of your classic 8-bit computers could only work with one side, and that leads you to crazy things like Pogo Joe for Commodore 64, mm -hmm. which is also Pogo Joe for Atari 400, 800, and 1200. Oh, and check it out. It has the two index holes. And yeah, Ooh. so this has two index holes, and that means you could put it directly in your... PC drive with Grease Weasel and flip it over and read each side. Although sadly, this floppy is dead. I paid good money on eBay, but I can't read any of it. It just looks good. Um, looks great. <laughs> so if you were a kid like me, you heard from somebody that you could like cut out the corner of your floppy disk, and now you had twice <laughs> as many floppy disks. Would you like chew and on it like <laughs> fifth grader? I, I was like nine. I don't know what I was doing. I had a round hole punch and like I, I went at it until it worked. Good and this disc is just wrecked. I have a box of wrecked discs from my childhood. It's kind of sad. But I did run across this disc, Mega Play Volume 1. It's a flippy diskette, but it doesn't have the hole. And I'm like, so what do you do? You it has one hole. It doesn't have the second hole. Right. It, it has just the one hole. It doesn't have the second hole over here. So that when you flip it, that sensor that's mounted in the one position doesn't see the hole mm. and it won't read. Mm. So what do you do? And the answer is you modify your floppy drive. And this is based on some instructions from the creator of the Flux Engine software who kind of distilled down other people's instructions. But basically the idea is you add to this wheel that spins a dark band with one little gap and a sensor over here, which can tell each time that comes around. And you wire it into your power and ground. And up here, you create a switch that can switch it in or out. This is not going to work. In or out of the circuit. So that when oh, you're reading the nice. backside of a disk, um, let me hold it up like this. It's black, so it's hard to see. But uh, you can select whether you're using the index hole or whether you're using the revolution sensor just super quick. So. Um, I've successfully been, I actually successfully read Mega Play Volume 1 and played mm -hmm. myself some Pipeline 2, which seems to feature these maybe Italian plumbers, and they've got some kind of plumbing situation going on. It's a fun game. I remember what, it what about Agent from X? my childhood. I did not load up Agent X. I went right to Pipeline 2 because I'm Wait, like, I'm, I'm getting the, <laughs> that, uh, I'm not sure Street Beat Cage Match Wait, is like is... a beat-em-up game. Yeah. Street Beat, I think, is music something. Well, okay. Yeah, these are some good games. Well, pop, pop <laughs> up the um, the G G sixty four up on um, archive.org and we'll uh, we'll check it out. All right, yeah, I will do that. I'm excited. I will also make right. a play. More floppy uh, stuff to come, but that's what I got this week. The floppy Flippy. reversible uh, mod. If you just if you want to undo it, you just unsolder those things, and your drive is as good as new. So, good 
good uh, to know. Flippy right. floppy. Thank you so much, Jeff. Flippy floppy. All right, next up, we're going to go to Anne. And then after Anne, we're going to go to Noam Pedro. I'm going to keep this going. Hey, Anne, what you got going on this week? Well, I have some floppy stuff, too. Um, I approach it a little bit different from Jeff. Um, I've been a IBM PC gal for many, many years. And uh, uh, I have quite the collection of floppies myself, both five and a quarter and three and a half. And this is just part of them. And um, I need to archive them, that and even uh, a bunch of CD-ROMs and zip disks. So what do you do? Well, some of it's compatible with modern technology. A lot isn't. Um, so um, I have that need. And I also have a need to create floppies for my uh, vintage computers, IBM PC, XT, a uh, couple compacts. Um, because I want to have their software done. And actually, I have some software that's vintage that from way back when. It's just getting it onto those computers. Um, how do I do it? So I've, I bought this uh, Pentium 3 machine on eBay, and it wasn't quite all together. Um, I've been working on it. I got a five and a quarter drive to add to it. I souped up the uh, CD to um, had a DVD reading also. Um, computer this old won't write DVDs. Um, also, instead of a, a spinning rust hard drive, I have a SD card to IDE adapter, and I uh, maxed up the memory. You know, this isn't meant to be like a, a totally stock vintage machine. It's more like a uh, workhorse that uh, goes between um, my current um, really fast machine and my uh, retro machine. The so, translator, so you can get the files to to and from. Right, looks fun. Yeah, it is, and uh, there's there's actually software that runs on Windows. I got XT and Windows 98 SE dual booted here, so I can run either operating system. There's a, a software called Win, Win Image that will image floppy drives and work with the images. So uh, um, I, if I find something interesting and uh, it would be good for Internet Archive, I could submit those too. All right. Thanks, Anne and her right. retro computer. Yeah. All right. We'll keep stopping back and if you find anything interesting, come back and uh, let us know what you published on Archive or on the Adafruit blog. Uh, really, I'd, I'd like to. And then uh, also when um, Lamar and, and Jeff finish the, their, their floppy stuff, I've got drives here that I want to interface to because I'm really interested in putting microcontrollers and floppies together too. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Anne. And everyone tuning into Anne's posted more. We are on a retro roll on Adafruit blog. All right. All right. Next up. Don Pedro is up next. And then after that, we're going to go to Scott. Take it away, Don Pedro. Hey guys, folks. Hey. Oh, <laughs> you gave it away. You wanted to show. <laughs> okay, so more floppy stuff. I guess it's floppy February. So uh, all the yes. floppy drives. We want to make sure we it have nice enclosures. <laughs> make sure everything's nice and safe. And Phil, you've been posting a bunch of the retro translucent stuff. So of course, I want to try to emulate that with 3D printing. Yeah, so using it's a, a look. The, yeah, it's definitely a look. So I uh, tried. Uh, Pretty hard to try to get the um, a translucency as uh, you know clear as I could, so you can kind of see like the internals of stuff. 
it definitely works when you uh, have like an enclosure already on there. Anlamar wanted to have like some stackables, so added that in there as well. And it's pretty much it. Just a editable file. Uh, we have the step files on the learn guide. So you guys can edit those out. Uh, I know there's like uh, different heights for like drives and stuff like that. So you guys can uh, play around with that. And I have all the uh, the slice settings and the filaments that you can try out with uh, different colors that uh, might give you some cool uh, translucency look to your cases. And then uh, Noah's got some Very cool. stuff from the yellow last one looks week. like um, there's a person who's at Frog Design or IDEO, I forget which one. Um, and they're posting up all the prototypes of Apple over the last like 30 years. That's There's a really neat one that, that they're cut. Yeah, it's like a it's a cobbled together version of an iPad before iPads came out. And the yellow thing looks just like that's kind of cool. Yeah, so, uh, I, I blame you for now. Out. Now our, my, my YouTube recommendation is all vintage Mac like performance right. stuff. And I'm sitting there like, oh, no, yeah. don't get one. I have no room for this. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes the algorithm works. Well, you can make the little mini one. You made the little mini one. That's all you need. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. You got something else to, to show? Yeah. Or are you yeah. From last week? Yeah. Last week's uh, cool. Zotrope project. I just wanted to create a, a new animation for you, Phil. Dad, oh. you say we yeah. do skateboard yeah. tricks as a, it's kind of an idea, right? So I figured let's yeah. do an actual skateboard trick. So That's these cool. are acrylic That's panels. Nice. And instead of milling them myself, I sent these. Uh, the S, uh, the SVG files to Pinoco. It's a it's a laser cutting service. So yeah. if anyone needs like a bunch of laser cut panels, check out Pinoco. They it's do nice kickflip. Yeah, looks great. Yeah, is it a kickflip or is it impossible? Well, it's hard to it's hard impossible, to I guess, because a kickflip would be going the other way. But you know your stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but check it out. This last week's is no one's going to argue with each other. They're just going to do tricks because it's not like Twitter and the internet. Um, so, uh, just to give everyone a little bit of background, why we like the idea of skateboarding. Skateboarding is a fun thing because everyone comes together. They're showing each other tricks. They're like, Hey, look at that. I can do that. I can do that. A lot like really good open source communities where it's like, Hey, that's cool software that you release. Here's my thing that I'm building on top of it. And everyone's constantly pushing each other, but in a good way. So, uh, that's kind of one of our, uh, I don't know, uh, philosophies. No, it's really good when somebody takes your designs, edit it, your ed design. edits it to their need. So, yeah, it's very cool. Take that. my tricks, please. All yes, right. Do. Well, thank you so much. If you could, uh, when you get a chance, do a little video and push that up on our social oh, media. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. And tell people we'll to do. do their tricks and share their tricks. I like that. With laser cutters. Okay. Gotcha. All right, right yeah, on. Guys. We're going to share some of this stuff off uh, tonight on Ask an Engineer. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks. Okie dokie. All right, we're going to go to Scott next, and then we're going to- I was going to give you cat pictures, but uh, he got off my lap when I accidentally right. raised my desk, <laughs> freaked him out. Um, so what I got today is I've got an IMX 1060 dev board here. It's pretty large, uh, but the, what you need to know is that there's two USB peripherals on this chip. And so each of these uh, plugs here are separate things. So what I've got here is a, is a micro B, like an OTG cable to, to an A. And uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to plug it in, and then I'm going to plug a keyboard into this OTG cable, and hopefully it will work. So I've been working on USB host, which is uh, the ability to interface with other um, USB devices rather than pretending to be a USB device yourself. Um, so it looks like it connected. So if you want to pull up the window. Oh, did I? Sh I didn't share it today. I will. I will add the window. That's when you add the window. We'll add yeah, the window. Sorry again. about that. Okay. 
There you go. Um, okay, so I've got this keyboard. It's you know a USB-A connector on it, and I'm going to plug it into the OTG, and we'll see if we can get some letters out of this. So that what we have here, and you can see I've, I was doing it before, um, is that when I plug it in, I can now type on the keyboard. Um, and so this is doing uh, two, this is not CircuitPython yet, but it's tiny USB, and it's converting the keys I press into serial output from uh, on the device side of things. So um, I can't type words because I usually have uh, Colmac, and it's currently set on QWERTY, so I have no idea what I'm typing. But if I do... Oh, looks like the, a cat's typing. The, if I do the the top I'll get QWERTY and, and enter works and stuff too. So this is the first step for getting USB host running uh, on CircuitPython because Yay. we were tightly coupled to TinyUSB because TinyUSB is awesome. All okay. Right. All right. Thank you so much, Scott. And then uh, will you be showing this up on Deep Dive this Friday? I will. And it will be the second to last Deep Dive uh, okay. before not I ever. go on leave. But Not yeah. ever, but it'll just be for a little while. Right. Before I go on leave. Okay. All right, so everyone should tune in on Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern, yeah, 8 p.m. Pacific. Correct. All right. Thank you so See much. See you all there. Okay, bye. All right, we're going to go to Kevin. Kevin, you just got off one stream. Now you're on the other. I, I know. It's just, uh, you know, full streams tonight. It, all right. It's been great. Happy National Engineers Week. That's right. Yeah. It's time. Oh, it's you got a skateboard, too. What's that? You have a skateboard too. I, I do. I saw No Way and Pedro's skateboard. That was pretty cool. And I have the, the DigiKey skateboard above me. I do have lights on it, but it's not lit up at the moment. Mm. Uh, that's something I should maybe do. So, National Engineers Week, I, I shared with you guys. Oh, I should have had this ready for it. Let me open this up in Chrome really quick. So, we were talking about uh, creating the DigiKey for DigiKey's you know, anniversary coming up. Yeah. And we have kind of a, here we go. So we have a, a quick layout and see, I don't, is this sharing now? We got it? Yeah, I'm gonna get Yeah, it so we created a PCB, a quick layout on how we're gonna have this DigiKeyer function. We're gonna have um, a feather on the left-hand side. You can see the, the rails for the feather. We're gonna have a 555 timer using that as the oscillator. And then these long skinny, pads are actually going to be for the paddles for the the, bits and the jaws. So this is a rev one. I've started to breadboard all this. We have a couple of our engineers working on it and they've had it working pretty well. Uh, so I, I've started breadboarding it myself and I want to get this thing functioning and hopefully by next week I can share a, a functioning, somewhat functioning version of it with you. So it's yeah. pretty, pretty exciting. We're really loving this project. Here, That's fun. Here is in? the photos that we took when DigiKey let us borrow the DigiKeyer back in 2018. So this is um, just some of the photos that we had of uh, the original, the the OD, the original one. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was from your anniversary from the year 2000. Yeah, that it, it's so cool. It's such a good piece of history, and you know, we've spent some time talking with our our founder a little bit about about this, and he's it. He's just a wealth of information it's, it's pretty interesting just to kind of see where the roots of digikey came from and learn that story you know we all hear it but once you kind of learn it and live it a little bit it yeah it, you get to make uh, it and other people get to build it they'll be able to download the files we'll be able to use a digikey right. pcb service this will be really cool right and it's just you know obviously you know keyers aren't um 
extremely popular right now, whatever. But I, I think there's still people doing it. And it's just a really fun legacy project kind of putting together what what can be done and what was done back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought that most of our projects were going to be floppy based this week? One never knows. All right. Well, thank you so right. much, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. All right. Thanks. All Take care, guys. right. Yeah. everyone. Did you keep for us? Okay. Next up, let's go to Jesse and then we'll go to Matt. Hello, Jesse. How you doing? You're muted. So you want to, uh, looks like your mic is off. I will come back to you, Jesse. looks like it's off on your side. I'm going to go to Matt. How's that? How's that? There you go. Right under the buzzer, I guess. That's, that's right. Sports <laughs> ball. All right. What you got going on? All right. So I, you've seen uh, a couple of these already, but I have made a macro keyboard. I was part of the Teach Me PCB course. And I have made a macro keyboard based on um, That's cool. a, That's a, cool. logo, a logo from Warhammer. Mm. Um, I just started playing Warhammer, and I had to think of something cool. Oh, um, so um, right now, all it's acting is like a numpad, and it's moving some lights around. Um, and like the other macro keypads you've seen from us, uh, there was a Majora's Mask one, I think, yeah. last week or the week before. It's uh, based on the Pico uh, as our core. Um, and it just has a bunch of NeoPixels and um, uses That's Circuit cool. Python to, you know, interface into our keyboard stuff. Uh, and I've also designed some low-profile 3D-printed knobs because um, a regular knob sits up so high that it makes it kind of cumbersome to use, and also makes it look more like an eye. Oh yeah, when the when the lights are off, it looks like uh, eyeballs. So that's yes. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a, a cuter, less intimidating skull. No, it's like a friend little skull. Yeah. And I, I tried to do the backlighting, um, and I ended up 3D printing a base um, with clear edges so then the light can shine out uh, a lot better. Um, and then it just flickers. And when I hit a button, based on what button I hit, it lights up a NeoPixel, which runs to the eye. Um, so like the, you know, one side will be all the lights on here and the other side will be all the lights on here. Yeah. Um, and on my latest version, um, because it's just kind of cool to have around. I also have NeoPixels that can fit underneath the encoders if I don't want to populate the encoder. So I can just have a, a cool wall hanger that lights up. Oh, this is cool. More skulls. All right, right on. If there's um, a place online where you eventually put this up, uh, you can email me, PT Data Fred, I'll get of our team, blog it up. This is really cool. Good work. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks so okay. much, Jesse. Okay, thanks, Jesse. All right, we happen to have a lot of folks tonight, so we're going to speed round it, everybody. So if you can keep it to a minute each, we can get to everyone. We're going to go to Matt, and then we're going to go to BCG, then Sai, and then Lolly, and then Liz, and then Paint Your Dragon. So, Matt, take it away. Hey, what's up? Hello, oh, Matt. Uh, from Washington, D.C. I was just firing up this code where I have a rangefinder here, mm. right here, and I wanted to interact with this light uh, with the rangefinder, and so I'm going to try to demo this now. Basically, I have to hold my hand over the light oh, in nice. a certain range, and now I can wow. adjust the uh, brightness. A, a light theremin. And, nice. Yeah, and then I can remove... Oh, that one didn't work. But I need to, like, uh, remove yeah. my hand out of the thing, and now it sets the light, uh -huh. and it doesn't change. And then I have to hold my hand over, and then it reads it there and now i can change the uh that's cool brightness. that's cool and so yeah all right are you experimenting or are you going to turn this into like a lamp or a something something uh, i'd like to turn this into like some sort of lamp in my living room or something that's cool that's all right cool lamp well matt if you keep working on this come back and show us the progress of it we'll do cool, cool project right. I, have, I have a lamp that 
kind of does that, but it doesn't work anymore. So I have to fix it. So. Well, match it design. I know. I know. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. All right. B, C, G. What you got going on? Oh, you are also muted. Can you hear me? Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> um, I have a tiny go keyboard project uh, that I wanted to show. Um, so I got my uh, Kinesis Advantage keyboard here, and I found this uh, open source PCB that you can put a Teensy into. Oh, and yeah. um, so I made a couple. This is like UART coming off of it. And then uh, this is the reset button because there's a, uh, a like a cable coming off of here. So, mm -hmm. um, so I broke that out in case I need to reset it. And then I used your, uh, your breakout here to, in case I need to do that. And then um, I wrote TinyGo keyboard firmware on it. And it's, it's working pretty well so far. Um, and then I'm also kind of doing the same with uh, my wife got me macro pad for my birthday. So oh, nice. I'm oh. trying to, trying to make that work. So, okay. Uh, All right. That one doesn't have uh, it doesn't have USB HID yet, so I'm gonna have to figure something out for that. Mm. But. All right, well, very cool. We'll keep coming back as you make progress on this. We have a bunch of keyboard projects. So I it's think good people to see are these. working on TinyGo with uh, yeah. USB support for the RP2040, so hopefully soon. Yep. All right, All right thank you. thank you so much. Next up, we're gonna go to Sai. I think I got that right. Hi, Hi. What you got going on? So I used the QDPI um, 2040 um, to uh, build this speedometer. I should not have used the blurring filters. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, keep it in the middle. There you go. Yeah. Um, so I used the QDPI 2040 um, and interfaced it. Uh, so I designed my own PCB where I'm interfacing to a Bosch um, IMU. And um, I built a pedometer uh, off of this. And um, I actually interfaced a display, an I squared C display, and right before joining the show, I hit the treadmill for an hour uh -huh. and, and compared it with my Fitbit. And it's actually showing about 8,900 um, steps. Yeah. And it's uh, like I'm uh, the step count on this is uh, like, you know, within 250 steps of my watch, basically. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Um, since the QDPI actually comes with like 128 MBF memory, I'm planning to take this project forward where I stored the step count locally and yeah. I probably might add, uh, you know, connectivity uh, to it so that I could, you know, upload it somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah um, I'm planning to, um, uh, you know, uh, make this a long-term project, but it was pretty fun. Um, the only thing is um, I got to work it with an Arduino, um, uh, the uh, libraries. I could have, you know, in the future, I might consider porting it to certified then. Either either or both. That's what's cool about all this stuff. You get to you get to you get to choose. Yep, all right. Well, cool project. Keep coming back and showing it off. And good luck on keeping up with ten thousand steps a day. We don't always get to that. That's a lot. We've been Thanks. But you're doing good. Yeah. Good work. Thank you. Looking healthy. All right. Next up, we're gonna go to Lolly, uh, Lolly and then we're gonna try to go to Liz, and then Phil B. We'll see if we get everybody. Hi guys. Uh, so last year, I released uh, this kit, the Scout Mix uh, FM radio kit, which has a NRF52840 that's mounted on top uh, to run a FM radio on it. So I decided, why don't I make it a Stemma board uh, because it's it's it runs on I2C. So I finally got the my PCBs back. I made a Stemma equivalent of this RDA5807 FM module. 
So I got a bit of a stem up party going on here. So I got a uh, Kitty Pie RP 2040. I got my uh, stem board that I built uh, with the FM module. Uh, also here I have the NeoKey, um, four NeoKey pad and also 128 by 32 um, stem LCD. So the radio actually works. Uh, it's FM radio, it's running circuit Python. Uh, I, I have a mute button here, so okay, the audio is not coming on, but it, it was running, you can see the radio uh, frequency on this and it also has RDS information as well. Uh, also volume up, volume down and uh, uh, presets, channel presets as well. So that's all running here. Uh, plan to uh, release this soon, uh, but uh, it's all open source, uh, going to Ashwaru open source certified as well. Uh, but anyway, right. uh, this is cool. Love the demo stuff. So keep coming back with uh, the progress, and after you get the boards, we'll do. Thanks. And then uh, you can email me if and when you publish it anywhere. Let us know, and we'll get it up on the blog, and we'll put it in uh, all the newsletters and more. That's looking good. Thanks. Love the demo stuff. Uh, Lego. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Next up, we're gonna go to Liz, Liz. and then we're gonna try to go to Phil B. Liz, take it away. Hey, how's it going? Uh, working on the MIDI for Maker's Guide, and this is one of the examples will be in there. Uh, when you send a note on message, servo moves, note off, servo goes back. Just kind of show um, interfacing with different um, components with MIDI. Uh, people want to build robots and such. So, Ooh. Yes, it's great for input and output. And yeah, you can get like keyboards and stuff. It's kind of, you know, it's... It's a lot of people forget that you can very easily use it with microcontrollers. A lot of people kind of think of it as its own universe, but um, it's, it's quite easy to get working with Arduino or CircuitPython or Raspberry yeah. Pi and all that. Definitely. So I'm hoping this guide will help folks uh, get started with that. Yes. I think there definitely should be keyboards to more keyboard keytars to uh, robot dog interfaces. I think that'd be a good thing. That is a world I want to live in. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Liz, and we'll see you probably next week. Yes, sounds good. All right, Phil B, play us out. What you got going on this oh, week? Uh, not much time, so I can't show something. But I just want to mention when Jeff brought out the the floppy disk, the Scotch five and a quarter. Like there was a moment there of like the Hitchcock zoom childhood flash. <laughs> yeah. And so, like you know, when we're imaging all these discs and stuff, I think. We also got to get pictures of these things because, like, I hadn't seen that in years. And uh, I saw that. I'm just like, what is that font? I need to find. And you found the font, right? The yeah, oh, yeah. Well, that was that was the digital, the uh, the deck disc. But there was also uh, the Commodore disc he showed. Oh, right? the other one. Yeah, yeah. The Scotch logo. And I'm remembering now we had, like, the leading edge discs, the elephant disc. And there were all these ones that, like, yeah, I, I hope. You know, if we if we have pictures of them, um, I actually love the sleeves. You know, I think the sleeves actually had some great art on them. Um, yeah. Very, uh, you know, a lot of people don't take photos of the sleeves and keep the sleeves, but um, they had some cool stuff on them too. Yeah, so, so if anybody gets a, a good a good looking disc, I'd like to see see the disc as well as you know the the software that's on there. Would be yeah, cool. when we imaged the prints floppy or got the files off of it, uh, we took photos of the front and back because we're like, the disc, it, the physical disc itself is just as interesting as what's on it. Yeah. Reminds me of the reason why vinyl records continue to be something that people like because there's a different tactical feel to it. Like now you download software, you don't see anything. Maybe if you're lucky, you get a USB drive, not even really, not right. so much. Um, you don't even get a DVD or a CD-ROM anymore, but a disc, there was a thing and there was like art on it sometimes or graphics are just the logos you know i've seen yeah. like the vhs cassette box like some people collect those yeah they do laser their disc. whole um 
animated videos that people have done, like flashback logos. Yeah. But seeing that with the floppy was just like, wow, nostalgia. Yeah, tonight on our on Ask an Engineer, which we're going to do in just a couple of minutes, we're going to show some photos from this week's retro collection, and it's the box from the quick cam, the black and white one. And it was a triangular box because that was the theme. This was Kinex before it turned into Logitech. So, yeah. oof, cool. memories. Yep. Anyway, memories. go do that. And uh, right. okay, we're going to go do that. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll Thanks, be keep showing stuff and more. Thank you, everybody, for joining us during the show and tell. This week, it's our favorite half an hour every single week. We'd love to do it longer, but we got to run an interview. We got to do Ask an Engineer. We have a remote team meeting. We're doing a lot of stuff, but we're going to keep doing this. We'll probably see you all next week. If it's not us, it'll be Noam Pedro or JP. And uh, thanks for making this a fantastic half an hour and showing and sharing your projects. We'll see everybody. And childhood memories. Yeah, we'll see everyone and Ask an Engineer in just a few minutes. Bye-bye.